Hey, what is up, ladies and gentlemen? I know it has been a very solid minute since I have posted anything on my podcast. I've just been busy because of shit going on in my life and trying to make sure that I am making a living for my daughter that's about to be born. Um, I have... This is going to be an intimate episode. This is going to be... An episode where you guys really get to know who I am and get a little bit of my story. And this was actually suggested by somebody who I'm surprised suggested this topic. This is by my buddy KJ who actually has a YouTube channel and um, hopefully by the end of this podcast I'll be able to get his YouTube channel so that I can promote him because he honestly gave me... A really good idea, but this is honestly just, I guess, a history lesson on me. Uh, this might, this might go on to be a two-part, two-part episode. There could be two episodes to go with this podcast. I'm not quite sure just yet. So we're gonna look at the runtime as we go on. But I'm just gonna start with you know. Just about everybody who knows me, I was born and raised in Seaside slash Monterey, California. I was born in Monterey at Chomp, um, but I was raised in Seaside, California, which is, I'm going to say, a small town. And when I say small town, I know to my southern listeners, you're just like, is it really a small town? All right, for California, it's it's a small town. Seaside is at least it's it's a small city, um, and you know, just growing up when I was younger, I would say between the ages of like, you know, from where my memory starts of this place to till I was about. Seven, yeah, I would say seven. You know, this was, I had a realization, you know, when you're young, you don't, unless you're born in like a third world country or you're born in this country, but you have a very different situation. My awareness of this place was pretty keen or clean, or whatever the word is, that I knew this wasn't South Central, I knew this wasn't Oakland, I knew this wasn't Chicago, I knew this wasn't Detroit, but I also definitely knew that this was not the safest place. So... Growing up, you know, I I remember my parents sending me to various summer programs, which I had a relatively good time. But honestly, the, the times where I faced the most danger, which is absolutely pathetic, was during the school year. And I went to the school called Ord Terrace. Right on LaSalle Street, which is the street that I grew up on for 20 years. I'm 24 now. We lived in a place in Marina, 
apparently before, which I really don't have many recollections of. I lived, I've been, I mean, I've been living here until I moved to the south for, like, uh, let's see, I moved to the south when I was 20, so I was here for 16 years in the same apartment complex, and it just, the, the crazy thing about this area is, is it has, I'm going to call it the California effect. And that is people who don't, who didn't grow up in California. I'm not going to say people who live in California because there's a lot of people who live in California who are either completely oblivious to this fact, either through no fault of their own because they're fucking rich and sheltered and they can afford a gated community, either on the beach or in the fucking forest or something like that, or they just, they they moved here recently from out of state. But I will tell you that here in California... It's, everybody says that, that California is the most woke state in the country. And there's a lot of aspects of California that are, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, a lot of people here, I would say more than any state that I've ever been to support the LGBTQ which I support as well, just being who I am, and I'm just an open-minded guy. I'm the kind of person who, you know, as long as you're not hurting children, animals, or women, and as long as it's consensual, I don't care what you do. I don't care what you like. You could tell me that you are sexually attracted to the to a fucking blanket. I do not care. If you want to be sexually attracted to that blanket, that is all on you, my friend. Am I going to sit there and be like, all right, this dude's a little odd or this chick's a little odd? Mm, maybe, probably. And am I going to sit there? Like I said, am I going to have any preconceived notions? Maybe. Unfortunately, that's just because of where I grew up, where I would say, how I grew up, you know, but at the same time, I'm not going to sit there and judge anybody for liking something that they want to like, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to sit there and do it. If you tell me you like hentai, you like hentai. That's all you, you know, that is completely all you like. I said, as long as it is consensual, does not involve children or animals. We're cool. So, but the, the issue with California is that, you know, you, you have, it is a very liberal state and in a lot of ways it is a woke state, but what a lot of people who are not from here and did not have to, I'm going to say, earn their way to the top, you know, for, for those who didn't have a family that was already rich, 
you're going to realize one major thing about California, and that is that they are the biggest motherfucking liars on the planet. And the reason I say this is because you're going to see... You're going to see protests and everything happening in California, like peaceful protests and all these things. And you see all these multicultural, all these multi-ethnic groups in this, in this protest. And yes, it's going to make national headlines because, yeah, cool, we're California, we're cool with everybody, we're cool with this, we're cool with that. But I'm going to tell you from a personal perspective, for living in the state for 20 years... California, and I lived in Georgia and South Carolina, California is probably the most racist goddamn state I have ever lived in in my entire fucking life. Like I said, I lived here for 20 years. I know it. And I will tell you why. And that is because the apartment complex I've lived in, the San Pablo Apartments, has when when the I'm gonna say the first of my memories we had I mean we had neighbors that were from Fiji then to our left yes we had neighbors who were Mexican but then the neighbors down from them they were white then we had you know another set of Mexican neighbors and I'm am I gonna sit here and say you know, was it well diverse? No, because um, 70% of the complex at that point in time was 70% Hispanic. And that's just this part of Seaside. It's just how it is. But I remember as a kid, you know, we used to hang out and chill with the African Americans. We used to hang out with the Hispanics. We used to hang out with the white kids. All of us, we had this when they when they filled in the pool with concrete because they didn't want to keep up with maintenance anymore. And so all we had was this little concrete field. I mean, we had Asian kids, black kids, Hispanic kids out there playing. And we, most of us went to the same school, which is, like I said, or Terrace. So it was cool. We could hang out. And then as I got older, because I'm not Mexican, I'm Salvadorian. I'm Salvadorian-American. As we got older, all of a sudden it was like, you know, you, you would start seeing it at school, just a little bit here and there. You know, you would see at recess, the guy who was your neighbor, all of a sudden, you know, if he's Mexican, he's only going to be hanging out with the Mexicans. If he was Puerto Rican, he's only going to be hanging out with the Puerto Ricans. And if he was black, he's only going to be hanging out with the black kids. And, you know, me being who I was, especially me being, I guess, mixed or half white, half Hispanic. You know, I would I would go up to each group because I would recognize kids from my apartment complex in those groups and be like, yo, what's up? What's going on? And, you know, I would say second, you know, first, second grade. You know, they would still talk to you and be like, hey, what's up? How's it going? You know, but they would be kind of, they would downplay it. You know, they would keep it low key, keep it cool. And then third and 
fourth grade came along and all of a sudden it was like, you know, the, it was never said out loud, but, you know, I would try to go say, hey, to these same people that I grew up with in the same apartment complex. And they'd be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, within a year, within one summer, just like that, I'd still be hanging out with these kids in my apartment complex. But then towards the end of the summer, I'd start seeing them less and less. And it would, and then school would come around and you go up to these people trying to hang out, try to be cool. And it's just like, yo, what the fuck are you doing here? What the fuck are you trying to do talking to us? And if you didn't back up quick, if you asked too many questions, which me, I'm going to be the guy that always asks questions because I question every fucking thing. I question everything, no matter how logical it may seem or illogical. I'm going to fucking question it because that's just who I am. And so to me, it didn't make any fucking sense. You know, we were so cool just last year and the year before that and the year before that. And then all of a sudden, you know, the end of third grade comes along. I'm being beaten up by this Mexican guy who had a cousin who was a Norteño. You know, I'm being beaten up by him every other fucking day. And I just, I, I'm looking around at recess and it's just like, all of a sudden, there's the black kids. There's the Mexicans. There's the Salvadorians. There's the Puerto Ricans. And then the very small group of white kids. And it 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 didn't register on my brain. I mean, at that point in time, to me, the concept of racism just didn't exist. You know, I was cool with everybody. As long as you were cool with me and respected me, I respected you and I was cool with you too. You know, you fucking like Pokemon, you like Yu-Gi-Oh, you like Godzilla movies, you like any fucking movie. You like Power Rangers, you like Spongebob, you like what the fuck ever. I'm, you know, I was the guy that was cool with everybody, but then I started noticing this divide. And it only grew, especially when I went to this charter school, which for those who don't know what a charter school is, is basically the step up from, or not step up, well, it's a step up from public school, but it's a step below private school. And basically they're like, you know, you got to wear a uniform and you got to give us money, but at the same time, you know, we're not that strict on who we accept. As long as you wear a uniform and you give us money, we'll accept you, essentially, kind of deal. And this is a school where I really learned a difference. And I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for it. I might. But this was the International School of Monterey. This was ISM in, again, Seaside, California, except... Just before you got to Ord Terrace on LaSalle Street, literally the street before you would make a right, at the intersection before you would make a right, drive for about half a block, and then here was the school, ISM. And I started going there in fourth grade. And 
here is like you saw you saw many different kids from many different backgrounds you did i mean i had never met an arabic kid until i went to the school i had never really met an indian um at my previous school or terrace at a public school you know i i remember having those fiji neighbors when i was a young kid but they were not you know, I never saw him at school. And, you know, then I found out that there weren't just black kids. There were kids from Af Africa that had African accents. And to me, it was just like a whole new world. And I was just like, okay, this is fucking awesome. You know, this is going to be a great fucking school to go to. And then I realized how classist it was. And... Everything at this school, and I'll never forget, and I'm not going to use names, I'm not going to do it, you know, and there's only going to be like a very, very finite amount of people who will recognize the situations in this podcast, and will be like, okay, I know who he's talking about, but I remember just... My teacher in fourth grade was always was just paying attention to this one group of students. And this one group of students, and they were both female and male, but they had been going to the school since it was even smaller than before. For since second grade or first grade. And that's when, you know, you, uh, you're like, okay, this teacher's known these kids for a long time. That's cool. But then you see this teacher and she was a female this teacher was a female and there was nothing going on i'm going to say sexually i don't want to use the word controversially because to me this is controversial but you see this teacher out at the mall or out at the expensive restaurants with not just these kids but these kids parents and you're like huh that's a little funky and then somehow these same kids are always getting better grades, always getting more attention. Me, I always struggled with school, but you always saw that these kids were always getting attention. I'm going to tell you one motherfucking thing. This was supposed to be the International School of Monterey. None of the kids that were getting the extra attention were of any kind of fucking ethnicity. They were all fucking white. Every single fucking one. And this is kind of where I started to. Get a sense. Of what's really going on. In California. At such a young age. I was nine years old. And I started to be like. Okay there's definitely something going on here. And. So I ended up passing fourth grade. Thank God. You know, it got to the point where I saw that these kids were getting so much attention 
that, that, um, you know, um, I just got discouraged from doing anything. And so I'm just like, fuck it. I'm not going to do my homework. I'm not going to do any of this shit. If it doesn't mean anything for me to do any of it. You know, if it means that I have to have money or I have to be popular or I have to have certain friends, then fuck it. I'm not going to fucking do it. It's stupid. But I passed. Got in a lot of trouble that year, especially with my parents. And they never understood. And, I mean, they might understand now. But it was something that blew my mind. And then... Going on to fifth grade, it gets even worse. And you have a homeroom teacher who is telling you, Oh, yeah, we went on a shopping spree this weekend. Me, so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. Like I said, I'm not going to use names. But literally naming six white females in the classroom who have parents who are surgeons businessmen own businesses in Monterey all fucking white no mention of any of the rest of us so again I felt discouraged even further because people in this town are so segregated. It is it it drives me up the wall when people talk about especially when I was in South Carolina working at a factory and they go, Why the hell did you come from California to here? And I'm just like, Well let me tell you why and that is because California is a whole hell of a lot more racist than the southern states. I lived in an apartment complex in Georgia. And I mean, we had white, black, Hispanic, Asian, all in the same complex. Right now, like I said, I'm back in California in this complex. It's nothing but fucking Hispanics. That's all you have. But you go three blocks southeast uh, across a street called Broadway over here then you have all African Americans all black people but you go about four miles west and you have all the nice beach houses the thing that Monterey is so beautiful for. Oh, we're so beautiful and so well recognized and we're so woke and we're so welcoming and we love it. And you know what? They love you for people. You know why they love people here for? And it's because of your fucking money. If this place didn't wasn't getting the money that it was getting, it would be just like another Compton. It'd be just like another Inglewood. The only reason this place is famous is because of its tourist locations. 
but it's literally irrelevant. If it wasn't for the ocean that's right here, if it wasn't for the wharf and all this beautiful crap, you know, it's it's not worth a goddamn thing. The people here are no better, and it took me so long to realize that, especially going to this charter school, because it was all about your money, how much you give to the school, and how much you can suck up to the fucking teachers, what your political standing was. They do. They did not treat anybody fairly. There. At fucking all. You were only relevant. If you had money. If you didn't. You were shit to them. And they would make your life. A living fucking hell. That's why I gave up. That's why I just gave up. And I had to do so many makeup assignments, so many makeup tests, so many all of this because I just gave up. I just did not care about this place. Especially when I realized how classist and how racist it was. So I graduated, went to Monterey High. And now I do have to, as many, I'm going to say, bad memories that I have. And I will directly say that the bad memories that I have of this place are 95% my fault. They are, you know, I just... After experiencing what I experienced in at ISM, I just kind of gave up on school in general. And was just like, fuck this. What the hell does it matter? But I went to the school. And, you know, as far as diversity was concerned... It was like 46% Hispanic. Um, I think 30% Caucasian. And then 10%, no, 15% African American. And then, like, literally, this was on the census for the school. Literally, the last few percentages was just like other. Isn't that really sad? They just go other. You aren't even recognized if you weren't one of the big three, I'm going to say. If you weren't one of the big three, you were other. And that was Asian, Indian, you know, Pakistani, Arabic, Jewish, whatever you want to say, uh, African. You know, uh, whatever. And, you know, you, you were just other. It didn't matter. You could have been Brazilian. You could have been from Haiti. You could have been from fucking New Guinea, whatever. You were other. And 
I, that's where I met this girl that I dated for a little while. Uh, I'm going to say two and a half, was it two and a half years? I want to say it was two and a half years. And her mother worked as a server for one of the big restaurants over on the Monterey Wharf. And I don't know if I'll get in trouble for saying this, but I'm going to say it's an art artist. It's an artistic piece. So fuck it. Come after me and I have freedom of speech. But it was this girl's mother who had told myself and the girl I was her daughter the girl I was dating at the time that the guy who owns half the restaurants on the wharf his son was not actually his son and the only reason why my ex's mom knows this is because she was catering a company party at their mansion where they had where they have a pool in the shape of an S for their last name because they're that fucking special and they this woman was on god knows what pills i mean it's it's like um that show pretty little lies i mean that's what people are really like around here i'm sure they would be like that if they could be if people had the balls to be but they don't that's why it's closeted but you find out that the richest man or one of the richest men in monterey his son who was super popular especially because he owned a pair of shoes worn by kanye west at a concert was the most popular kid at the school. Of course he's going to be the most popular kid at the school. His dad owns half the restaurants on the wharf, which is the biggest tourist spot in Monterey, California. That's where everybody fucking goes. That's just the truth. So you have a man who owns half the restaurants there, an illegitimate son, but very, very few people know the secret. And, again, here I was seeing the classism. And it's not just the classism, it's the racism. And, yeah, you had white boys trying to be thugs at the school. You, I mean, you got, you got that everywhere. You got white boys everywhere trying to listen to trap music and act all hard and shit. But they're really the softest motherfuckers. They're everywhere. I even met them in Georgia. That's the same way in California. And, you know, they're sitting there like, yeah, I listen to fucking, you know, I listen to Travis Scott. You know, he goes fucking hard. I listen to fucking Lil Uzi Vert. I listen to XX Tentacion, you know, all this crap. And it's just because they're trying to be hard, but they're really not. They're all fucking pussies. I can tell you that with a thousand percent certainty. And... Like I said, the big lesson here, especially about California, is don't believe the hype. Do not believe the hype. It's not worth a goddamn thing out here. You know, am I happy for the lessons that it taught me? Sure. 
Sure I am. But at the same time, it was because of those lessons that I had to get the fuck out of that place. Out of this place. It is not worth it. It was not worth a single thing. It is so... Especially when you have one of the biggest heroin busts happen right down the street from your school, which was not but three blocks from that wharf, which is the biggest tourist spot in Monterey. All happening right there in the same little square. I'm going to say it's about a three mile radius. But everybody keeps going to the wharf. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, Monterey is such a nice place. People are so nice here. Yeah, live here. Grow up here. You'll see what's really fucking going on. Every neighborhood... Every apartment complex is so segregated. The rich white people have the beach houses. The African Americans, the Hispanics. We live in Seaside. You know, and then the Asians. Like I said, you guys are going to say I'm racist. But those who live here really know. They really know. You go to Marina. You got all the Vietnamese and Koreans. And the Chinese. Over there. This place is so segregated. On it's own. Even though we don't have those segregation laws. They're that. It's. And and then I, I go to the south. And everybody's telling me. Oh you're going to the most racist part of the country. You're going to be fucking burned at the stake. They're going to hang you. Because you're Hispanic. And I will tell you. That yes racism is out there. It is there, do not get me wrong, but you will go to a neighborhood, any fucking neighborhood, and you will have so much more diversity on one block than you will in a four or five mile radius in a certain town in California. And I was so happy moving to the South because as many lessons as I was taught in California, you know, and like I said, racism is out there. I'm not saying the South is innocent. I'm not saying it's innocent at all. But you have so much segregation here that is not talked about. You know, growing up as a kid, I couldn't even have the same friends anymore. You know, I had to hang out with the Salvadorians. Or I had to hang out with the white kids. But I wasn't rich enough to hang out with the white kids. So I kind of had to go back and forth. I never had a choice. As to who to go with. So what happened to me? I fucking stayed inside. Got fat. Kept eating. Played video games all the fucking time. Watched Spongebob. Watched Power Rangers. Watched all this shit. All the time. That's all I ever did. You know, especially after being jumped all of third grade, especially after being jumped by this Mexican kid named Marco who lived on the opposite side of the apartment complex. 
because I didn't want to join him and his little crew that he was trying to form. So what happens? We're going down the Dollar Tree. He starts whistling. All of a sudden, four guys hop a fence, and I'm being jumped right there in the middle of the street. I don't know how many cars passed by, but I could hear the cars passing by. And I'm being beaten right there on the sidewalk. Nothing blocking their view. What do they do? They keep driving. And I limp home. That's the kind of place California is. But nobody wants to talk about that. Now are there certain aspects of California that are cool as shit? Absolutely. You've got, you know, the ocean. And number two best Mexican food in the country. I've had Mexican food in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, Georgia, South Carolina. I've had Mexican food everywhere. Not only that, but my mom's Hispanic. My mom's Salvadorian. So I know what authentic tastes like. And I will tell you that Mexican food anywhere in the fucking country. I mean, any fucking where does not compare to the Mexican food that you can find here in California. It does not compare. No offense to anybody else, but it's true. It is, you can get close, you can get pretty damn close sometimes. If you're lucky, especially in the South, if you're lucky, you can get pretty fucking close to the real thing. But it's just not quite there. And the other thing, I mean, there's a few benefits, like I know one of the big ones, especially one of the big ones a lot of Californians look at, and that is the fact that weed is legal out here. Yes, the state is woke in that aspect, it's legal recreationally out here, and it's helped boost the economy in some ways, but... The few good aspects of this state, you know, just are not worth the negative that's out here. And going to a state where, yes, minimum wage is a lot less than it is in California. You have a much better economy. People, when you're walking down the street... Actually say hello, good morning, how are you sir, how are you ma'am, yes ma'am, no sir. Without even trying, people are so much more respectful out there. And southern hospitality is really a thing. It exists. And a lot of people might say, oh it's fake. But it's a lot fucking better than, you know, I know for a fact that like, for example, I remember just being in Texas. And by the way, fuck Texas. Especially fuck their state troopers. And I hope there's a state trooper in Texas that listens to this. Because fuck you guys. You guys fucking suck. So fuck 12. Fuck Texas state troopers. Fuck their police department. Fuck everything about them. But I will say... That there was a time when I was visiting my cousin in Texas and my aunt and uncle and my two other cousins. 
and they're white. They're from my dad's side. And we were walking back. It was my cousin, his buddy from school, Tongue, T-U-N-G. And I walking back from this park. And it was like 101 with 90% humidity. We were miserable. We were fucking dying. And we saw this dude had his fence open to his backyard. And we saw a hose right there. And we were just like, holy fuck, we're saved, we're saved. And so we start walking in this dude's yard, and he's gardening. And instead of freaking out, he goes, hey, can I help you? And we're, and we're just like, oh, we're so sorry. We're just, we're so thirsty. We've been walking two miles, like, not, not even two miles. It was like four miles. And we weren't lying. And we were just like, we're so thirsty, we're so thirsty. And he, and we were like, can we just use your hose to drink some water? And he was like, go ahead. No issue whatsoever. If you were to go to, let's say, the part that I live in, in California, you would be shot. If you were to go to the rich white people side of Monterey. They would slam the door in your face, lock the deadbolt, put the chain on it, and call the police, and the police would be there in like 45 seconds. And you would be going to jail for trespassing. Just, just as easy as that. Just like that. And that's the big difference. Is... They, they, on, on the media and everything, you see how caring and, oh, we accept everybody. We love all immigrants. Give us all your immigrants and blah, 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 blah. But just come here. Come, come to this state. Spend some time, not just in the tourist spots. That's the thing. Don't just go to the tourist spots. Actually take some time and explore. And look at what's really going on here. And that's what made me such a wide-minded, open-minded guy. Is being here, you know. I used to fucking smoke joints with homeless people. I used to smoke bowls with homeless people. I used to snort coke with homeless people. You know... I remember taking Molly. I remember doing all kinds of crazy shit with people I never met before. Is that safe? No. Should I have done it? No. Was I, like, super abused and mistreated? No, my parents loved me. I just wanted to do that shit because I was experimenting. I'm just the kind of person where if you sit there and tell me, don't do something, don't do something, it's bad for you, it's bad for you, it's bad for you, I'm going to fucking do it because I want to see for myself. You know, I never fucked with heroin, I never fucked with meth that I know of. I know people be lacing shit all the time nowadays, but, you know, during that phase, especially my experimental phase, that's when I really realized that, like, you know, we are no better than anybody. We all breathe. We all bleed the same. We all shit. 
We all burp. We all fart. We all have to eat. We all have to drink. But God bless America. You would never know that dealing with some of the people you deal with. Here. You would really sit there and be like, oh, this person probably doesn't take dumps like everybody else. With the way that they act. Everybody likes to talk about Karens. And I don't know what the male version of a Karen is. But I'm going to say Richard. Oh, who fucking knows? We're going to say that name, Richard and a Karen. They're everywhere here. Absolutely fucking everywhere. They don't all have the same. They don't have the same. They don't have the Karen haircut, but they're all fucking Karens around here. Middle class, older white ladies. Upper middle class, older white ladies and up. They're all fucking Karens around here. They're all fucking entitled. Upper middle class or upper class Richards. Same fucking thing. It's it's all the same around here. And it is just absolutely wild. And it took me hanging out with people who were just happy to be able to breathe. Just happy to be able to wake up the next morning. Yeah, were they waking up in a park? Or yeah, were they waking up hiding and sleeping in a parking garage? Sure. But they were just glad and happy to wake up and draw breath every day and see a new day and excited to see what that day was going to bring them. And that's what humbled me. That's truly what made me the go with the flow kind of guy that I am. And it took me just having to explore on my own to do that. You know, do I recommend it? That style for everybody? Hell no. It was dangerous. I, I went through a lot, a lot of close calls during that time. That is the one good lesson hanging out and growing up in California taught me. And it didn't come from, you know, no offense. It didn't come from family. It didn't come from, I'm going to say, quote-unquote, friends. It didn't come from teachers. Sure as hell did not come from teachers. It came from me going out there and looking at and hanging out with the people that is viewed as such a big issue. Like you always see on the news every morning, oh, the homeless population in California is out of control. It is at a new high this year. Every year it's at a new high. And first of all, it's because this state is stupidly expensive to live in. Even though there's no water. And there's so many restrictions in this state. It's ridiculous. But you also have... You know, you have people that... Just don't care. And people that do care. And it's, like I said, it, it took me hanging out with what society, at least society in California, views as the lowest of the low. It took me hanging out with them, talking to them. I got everybody's stories. I listened to all of them. Some of them would ramble just as much as I do, if not even more. They would go on for hours and the stories sometimes wouldn't even make sense. 
but I would still listen to every single one of them, whether or not I was under the influence. Sometimes I didn't even smoke. Sometimes I didn't even drink. I would just listen to them, get their stories. And they were, some of them were just absolutely wild. And a lot of them were sitting there going, I just wanted to be free from the expectations that California society has on you. That's verbatim what one guy told me. He had been going to college, everything. He was actually in my ROTC class at Monterey High School. Then I hadn't seen him for like two or three years because he graduated. And then it's my senior year. I'm going to get high, hang out. And here this guy shows up. And he says it's because he didn't want to follow what Monterey views as a standard. He didn't want to be part of the mainstream around here. So he said he was more free than I was. Yeah, he was struggling to get money to get something to eat. Or, yeah, he was struggling to find a place to sleep, you know, every night. But still, he was more free than I was. Because I wasn't bound by what society here wanted from us. And that's huge. That is absolutely huge. And that's that's what humbled me so much and made me as open-minded and loving of a person as I am today. You know, I go back to as long as you're not hurting kids, women, or animals, and it's consensual, I don't care what you believe in, I don't care what you do, I really do not give a shit. What what truly matters is that we are actually sympathetic and or empathetic to one another and take some time to understand everyone's perspective. That's what a lot of people have such an issue with, especially here as we do not understand everyone's perspective. So I always sit there. And try to understand where the other person is coming from. I'll never forget. I was just. And this was like past my drug phase. But I was just walking one night just because I couldn't sleep. And there was this guy just fucking screaming in the road just yelling at all the fucking cars passing by and the people walking up the street they were crossing the street because they were afraid of him and I had a pack of cigarettes in my pocket and I had already been on the opposite side of the street but then I saw this guy and I walked towards him and then he starts trying to scream at me and I just opened up the pack of cigarettes and I was like bro you smoke and he was like he was honestly just thrown off 
by me offering this crap to him. And he just had no clue what the hell was going on. And so I'm just like, he's, you know, he's standoffish or whatever. And he's like, yo, bro, do you not, what the fuck's going on with you? Something wrong with you? Whatever. And he's freaking out at me. And I'm just like, dude, I'm just asking you if you smoke. Do you want a cigarette? And he was like, he was like, yeah, I fucking smoke. The fuck you want from me? And I'm just like, dude, do you want a cigarette? Just take the damn cigarette, you know. And he just he keeps staring at me, just like, what the fuck is this dude doing? And then I sat there, and I was like, I was like, I should sit down. Let's just sit down and chill for a moment. I don't feel like going back home anyway. Let's just sit down and fucking chill. And this guy, because for whatever reason, obviously, probably because of how he grew up here, he just didn't know how to react to somebody actually being kind to him, especially a stranger being kind to him. He didn't know what the fuck to do about that. And I just listened to him and listened to his whole story. And was it fucking crazy and wild? Yeah, it was absolutely fucking crazy. And, but the guy from being this person who was just shouting to people on the streets, just trying to inspire fear because that's what he knew how to do to this guy who was actually sitting down with me. He had never met me before. Never fucking talked to me. Never done any of that. And yet here he was with me, a complete stranger, and I with him, who was a complete stranger to me. Here we were, just sitting down on a sidewalk, having a cigarette together, listening to each other. More me listening to him. And I mean, this guy had had a dream and what happened to him is unless you already have a rich family out here and you're a fucking genius and can get scholarships and, you know, all this other crap, it's hard to make it, especially if you just want to be a working person out here. It is hard to do it unless you get into illegal shit. You cannot make it on your own out here legitimately. If if you just want to be, like, a hard worker or, you know, somebody who's like, you know, I'm not super educated, but I'm really good with my hands. Here's my skill. Let me show it to you. It doesn't work like that out here in California. It doesn't unless you're illegal, which I'm not shitting on the illegals because they work harder than anybody I fucking know. But. All the companies out here hire them because they can pay them whatever they want to, which I think is absolute fucking trash when these illegals do not complain about the long hours, the hard work, or anything that they have to put in. They just want to work so that they can provide for their family. That's all they fucking want. And they work harder than anybody. Anybody. I've worked with several of them before and my mom for example she was one of them for many years and she is the toughest fucking person that I know the bravest the toughest and the hardest working person that I know and that's what a lot of people don't realize 
And so, there you go. The masterpiece of California. Such a beautiful, loving, open-minded place. But it has, and I mean, yes, everywhere has its dark secrets. But nobody has as many skeletons in the closet as California does. That, I can guarantee you, my friends and family, that I can fucking promise you. Which is why I was dreading coming back to this state. Because I knew there was going to be nothing for me here. Not in a state that is just so corrupt, but it's so deep under the foundation that it is ridiculous. But anyway, guys, I appreciate you for listening. I guess this is going to be just a one-part episode. Unless, for those of you who listen, suggest that I move on to what I started seeing and getting to know me further when I moved to the South. And just getting to know my life fucking story. So if that's what you guys want to hear next, let me know, and I'll be more than happy to fucking do it. Y'all have a good one, and like I said, I'm sorry that it has been so long since I posted. Just been really busy with work and all that good stuff. But I love you guys. Peace out.